Have you taken the pulse of your imagination lately? In other words, do you feel imaginative, creative, not just about the future, but right now? Could you leave this service today and jot down some wild dreams, imagined futures, or creative projects for right now or very soon? Have you ever been asked that question before? How is the health of your imagination? I'll be direct with you. I've never been asked that question. Not even in seminary, where one of our required courses was all about imagination and creativity. It's a funny thing, imagination. In places where it is encouraged, we just assume people are ready to exercise it. And for many of us, we not only believe, but we utter and persist in living a lie that we aren't imaginative or creative. But what would it take for us, all of us, to do a wellness check on our imaginations? Now, I don't mean to offer up uh, some sort of checklist that must be completed perfectly. That would go against the broader point, wouldn't it? But instead, I'm thinking uh, more of broad categories for us to sit with, work with, wrestle with, take into every part of our lives. And so, as with anything like this, I did a quick search around. Uh, is there such a thing as an imagination wellness check? Now, I didn't find anything like that. Um, there's plenty of things to help jumpstart your imagination or your creativity, but that's not quite what I'm getting at here. As we approach the end of what some people are calling the 13th month of 2020, I really am curious. I'm also asking myself these same questions. Now, it's startling how deep and wide our cultural shame around mental health truly is. I don't see any widespread reporting about the emerging mental health crisis due to the pandemic and political unrest. We all knew it was coming and it's here. And when you take a brief glimpse into the why, why are people feeling hopeless? Why are people fretting? Why are people uneasy? And so on and so forth. The list can just keep going. There's a theme amongst many themes. For many people, they cannot imagine the next moment, let alone seven months from now. There's hope, of course. Yes, right? Vaccines are coming. But so are variant strains of the virus. Yes, there's stable leadership in many areas of our government in the United States these days. But there's also elected conspiracy theorists and a dangerous white nationalist movement that, at least for now, is waiting out of public view. Some relief is coming to many of us, but jobs are still lost. Loved ones have been taken from us, and this is just dealing with politics and pandemic and barely scratching the surface. Should I delve deep and broaden this reflection out to justice, I wonder if we'd ever emerge with hope again. I wonder if we can allow ourselves to admit something about Unitarian Universalists for just a moment. We readily carry the weight of the world. And again, with anything, it's not necessarily bad or good. It means we care as a religious people. But have you ever taken stock of just how it feels bearing the burden of everything? And what has become a common experience as a minister, and let's just be clear here, I do this too and I try. Boy, do I try. 
to not continue this. But oftentimes, when a piece of good news is shared amongst Unitarian Universalists, have you ever found the next words out of someone's mouth being the absolute negation of that good news? Ah, yes, this good thing happened, but wait, here's what's still terrible. And here's what's terrible about this and that and that and so on and so forth. Now, I, I don't think this is unique to us as a religious people. I imagine this is a broader cultural problem. Throw in a good measure of consumer culture, the demands of perfection, the reactionary impulses that are encouraged on social media, and so on. And there you have it. A religious people who often bear the weight of the world and all of the other trimmings of doom and gloom in our broader culture. And so, how is it with your imagination? It needs to be asked. Have you even found time to ask that question? It doesn't really take much. When's the last time you wrote a poem, or thought of a story, or amused yourself with some wild fantasy, or heck, did you even take time to imagine what you would do with the one billion dollars if you won the Powerball jackpot? Imagination is not a difficult thing. And we are lying to ourselves if we say we aren't imaginative, or that there's never time for it. Now, there might be a part of this that so far might seem too fanciful, but that's when I need to start thinking back to the times imagination has given me hope. Growing up poor, I know I would not be where I am today had my mother not imagined a better tomorrow for her child. I know I would not be where I am had I not imagined worlds beyond the one I endured and lived in for so long. And while much of that might sound like escapism, I would argue it isn't. I look to the words of Angela Oguntala, as, and uh, as a black female futurist, her focus is all about designing the future, or in other words, taking imagination out of the clouds and into this world. And she has some sage advice around imagination. She writes, you can either think the world is getting better or that the future will be much better than it is now, or you can think that the world is getting worse. But that continuum isn't as important to me as the idea of, do you think you have the agency in this world that is either getting better or worse? When it comes to our futures, we have hope, we have fear, but sometimes we forget that we also have influence. And that means we can choose the futures we want to work towards. Nothing is written in stone. And so here's where imagination gets interesting. And especially so, right here as Unitarian Universalists. In imagination, there is freedom and liberation available to all. And it arrives in the form of agency and influence. Do you think Martin Luther King Jr. did not imagine a better world? How about Gandhi, Bell Hooks, Joy Harjo, Abanda Gorman? Do you think thinkers and poets and activists, named or unnamed throughout history, surrendered? 
to some notion that the future was carved in stone, like the Ten Commandments. We have to admit that those who would destroy this world, destroy life, deprive people of liberty, have never surrendered to any such notion. And so why should we? A liberal religious people, a people who dream of dignity, dream of justice, dream of spiritual wholeness and beloved community. Why should we surrender our imaginations? Now, it would be so easy to write off imagination as some lofty nonsense in the sky. But as Henry David Thoreau exhorts us, if you have built castles in the air, your work need not be lost. That is where they should be. Now put the foundations under them. Church should be a laboratory for building castles in the air and foundations to support them. We arrive at such places as this, as church, in need of sanctuary and stability. And such qualities do exist in Unitarian Universalism. And yet, I wonder, I wonder if you could imagine with me for a moment a sanctuary and stability that is wide open wild, free, and unbound. Our sanctuary is a realm of possibility in a culture that is drunk on adrenaline. Instead of moving from lackluster breaking news to breaking news to all of the incendiary social media posts shouting into the echo chamber, Unitarian Universalism gives us the freedom to let go of that. To not just shout for justice, but imagine ourselves in that work to claim our agency, our influence. And then for us, our stability. This is no unshakable ground or golden idol we cannot topple when we speak of stability. No, our stability is as in the Latin, stabilitatum, difficult to overthrow. Our stability is in taking hold of that imaginative freedom, that creative co-creation of religious community. In other words, the living tradition. Living, breathing, growing, dreaming tradition of making it not just an ideal, but a religious imperative to participate in that dreaming and growing. Our way, Unitarian Universalism, is not an easy checklist. And there are those who would discourage us still. But that airy, open freedom to imagine will not be overthrown. Why shouldn't we re redefine what it means to discover sanctuary and stability? We've done so with God, with salvation, with our very gathering week after week. And we continue to do so, or else we risk slipping into quiet irrelevance. And so, I ask you again, how is it with your imaginations? What castles have you built in the sky that required hands and hearts and minds and sweat and tears and joy? Let us not forget joy to build foundations. Is it some new chapter in your life? One that you have held on to for so long, tending to it, caring for it, protecting it? Is it ready for wings and prayer and flight? Is it anger you've held on to? Perhaps new, raw, visceral anger at the world, at someone who's been lost, yourself, or something entirely different? When will that anger no longer control you and instead become mortar for your response, your work, your call? 
Not a means of destruction, but a means of creating. And as an aside, if you're anything like me, having permission to use anger constructively might seem impossible, but it's not. What worlds have you dwelt in? What loves or passions, new connections, reconnections, what wild things are calling out to you? Do not submit to the lie that you are not imaginative. I don't know who created that lie, but shame on them. To imagine is part of the human condition. But as we heard earlier from J. Ruth Gendler, our imaginations want us to see what has never been seen before. It isn't just the fanciful and the fun, though please keep on imagining those things. It's the real, it's the heartbreaking, the hands and the dirt realities of life where we must imagine them anew as well. A poem we heard at the start of our church year has been journeying with me uh, these past weeks and to be honest, months. It's from uh, Antonio Machado and he writes to us. Last night as I was sleeping, I dreamt marvelous error that a spring was breaking out in my heart. I said, along which secret aqueduct, O water, are you coming to me? Water of a new life that I have never drunk. Last night as I was sleeping, I dreamt marvelous error that I had a beehive here inside my heart. And the golden bees were making white cones and sweet honey from my old failures. Last night, as I was sleeping, I dreamt marvelous error that a fiery sun was giving light inside my heart. It was fiery because I felt warmth as, as if from a heart, and sun because it gave light and brought tears to my eyes. Last night, as I slept, I dreamt marvelous error that it was God I had here inside my heart. We Unitarian Universalists are people of imagination, of marvelous errors. We choose to be religious in a way that does not reach for heaven, but instead dares to ask what heaven would look like in our daily lives. Right here, right now. That has been the work of any great prophet or leader. Building foundations to support castles in the sky, to make marvelous errors into worlds we work for, that we fight for, and that we pour our hearts into. And so, how will you keep imagining in your one life, in Unitarian Universalism, and in everything? Blessed be. Amen.